Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 99, episode 2 of Dirt Daily Science, guys! Yeah. A production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially, off the top, fuck Coke Industries and fuck Fox News. Fuck it's Tuesday, September 10th, 2019. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Never told you about the coal gas. <laughs> Did I tell you about that Dunning-Kruger? Tired of catching all this flack, but y'all love me for my second-rate podcast, and this is why I always need. This is why I always need Diet Mountain Dew. This is why I always need Diet Mountain Dew. And that is courtesy of somebody's name who I don't have in front of me. Uh. Thank you for that bespoke Nickelback, a.k.a. I will shut you out at the end of the episode. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. This is my co-host, Jack. I like my Coakland cold brew black. I say yes right off the top. Safe to say I smoke a little pot. Her majesty is my queen. Mom sewed Burberry into my jeans. Only eating Taco Bell. Hope the Zag Gang is doing well. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. uh, uh, get me to the hospital. Serious. Uh, thank you to Elizabeth K at Eakins33 for that one. They're bit, really new- safe to say. Newbies coming out of the woodwork. I want like people are like back. listening. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Weaving in anecdotes about how my mother selflessly after yeah. me screaming at her as a teenager sold this Burberry patch onto my jeans. And so my diet you. Mountain Dew, this is why uh was courtesy of Guarantee Fairy. Uh, at B Sore. Guarantee Fairy Fairy. Guarantee Fairy. Oh wow. Yeah. We could use that. Yeah. Well we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious J. Keith Van Stratton. Do I have to sing? I mean, do I get to sing? Yeah, yeah. whatever uh-huh. you want. Um, me Nickelback, though. I, oh, I don't know any Nickelback challenge. songs. Mm-hmm. What's a Nickelback song that I would know? Uh, this is how you remind me. People don't like us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They that's... think we are bad, and I'm the guest. There you go. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's what, that is kind of the only thing that's known about Nickelback. People don't yeah. like them. Uh, I, until I, I today. got a packet of about 50 pages of prep material. That was not on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, until today, because we're going deep on the history of Nickelback today, guys. Yep. Uh, no, we're oh, going to... Damn. Jay Keith, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, right. we're going to talk about uh, what's going on in the Varsity Blues scandal uh, with Felicity Huffman, her sentencing. Uh, the The wild couple of days that the president has been having on Twitter, um, and just general speculation about what is after the presidency for the Trump dynasty. We're going to talk about the Apple card and the new iPhone. We're going to talk about impossible meat mm. and whether whether people care that it might have the same calories and fat and more salt than the regular burgers it's replacing. Uh, we're going to talk about the fact that the Joker... One gold lion at Venice, uh, and that it chapter two made ninety-one million in the U.S. alone over the weekend, and ask the question: Why do we still love clowns? Um, <laughs> but first, Jake, why do we? Uh, we like to ask our guests what's something from your search history that's revealing about who you are. Uh, I was searching uh, today for uh, a, I have a date tonight and uh, dating in LA is mostly about logistics. Mm -hmm. Uh, Once once you match with somebody on an app, it's mostly then about figuring out where you're going to go and, uh, and trying to figure out what's fair. Because, you know, if I, I work, let's say I work in Culver City. This is going to be fascinating to people outside of yeah, LA. No, but that's but this is a learning lesson. Okay, yeah, okay. So I work in Culver City. I live in Beverly Fairfax, and this woman that I'm meeting tonight lives in sort of Los Feliz, uh, Silver Lake area. Oh, so my okay. home is between my work and where she where she's coming from. So is halfway between my work and where she lives, which would be my neighborhood, or is halfway between my neighborhood and where she lives. So 
It's, right. it's a lot of figuring out, figuring out mm-hmm. there. Uh, also, I know it's not going to work out. So uh, right, yeah. There's that, that. There's that kind of optimism that you get to to build yeah. into the search. Make it a Skype call. Yeah. yeah. So I'm also looking for you know the metrics are like where can I go that looks like I'm an interesting person for having selected this, but where I don't, don't have to pay twenty five dollars for a cocktail. Yeah. And let them know you were just on a podcast too. Oh, where you, oh. They give all the behind the scenes of ladies this day love too. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, where do I go? Does this look cool? Right. Uh, right. Where are you going? Do you know? I I, I th- well uh, I propose the Cat and Fiddle, which oh, is on okay. uh, Highland Melrose, which is which is sort of like it's it's farther than halfway between my work and her home, but not quite halfway from my home and her home. Sure. So hopefully that'll get appreciated. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a nice spot. Uh, yeah, I like the place. I liked it when they were uh, right around here on, on uh, Sunset. In, right? Yeah, on Sunset. But now they've moved to uh, to Highland there, and uh, I don't know if we'll that's see. fair. We'll see what happens. Yeah, but that's Inside what I was doing. Inside LA talk. Inside yeah. LA talk. Being on the west side and dating yeah. someone on the east side, that's like Hatfield's McCoy that's shit. Not that is that is Romeo and Juliet, yeah. star-crossed love. Yeah, shit. you know, you get to be my age, and so you're, as I was aging and in, in dating, part of my thinking was like, well, oh, I'll expand my uh, my geographic search because, you know, there are fewer options as I get older, but mm. also as I get older, I want to travel less. <laughs> right. So it ends yeah. up being, there you go. Once you, once, you get, once you get over 40, wash. You're, you're pretty much, yeah, it's pretty much just staying in your neighborhood. Yeah, there are friends or like friends I haven't been very close with. I have like close friends with them on the west side. I still mm-hmm. interact with them. People who not so much when they move to the West Side, that's the true test. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, they could be dead for all. I mean, I'd like to point out, I'm willing to go past La Cienega for love. Wow. (laughs) I don't think I'm willing to go to Encino. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Encino's just right over there. It's closer than you think, man. Come on. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean, just as a Valley, you know, advocate for the Valley, uh, you know, uh, peace and blessings to all the people of Encino who listen. Yes. Uh, what is something you think is overrated? Uh, Cards Against Humanity. Okay. I love comedy mm-hmm. and I love games. I just hosted a game night at my home last night. Yeah. Uh, you guys did not attend. I realize I also did not invite you. No, that's yes. what I was about to say. Um, would have been amazing desire. had we attended. Yeah, that saw that shit cracking on, on the gram. Yeah, but, that was uh, uh, I'd be happy to have you in the future. I usually host them every other week. That'd be awesome. um, and, and we would probably be happy to have you back on this podcast once that happens. Oh, is that how it works? <laughs> okay. yeah. I mean, I already, I already had him at a, on my podcast. Yeah, That's I why know. I'm back hey, here now. I know. Miles, we don't want to <laughs> reveal the dirty underbelly that we use our podcast <laughs> to get, to to get invited yeah. to parties. And, and, and should, I, should I point out that I would have to let you win? Would that be part <laughs> yeah, of it also? Yeah. No, no, no. no. Yeah, I hate that. So I, I love, know people let yeah. me win. So I love games and I love comedy and I cannot stand Cards Against Humanity and I and even more so, I cannot stand people posting photos of funny combinations that came oh, up in Cards yeah. Against Humanity. Because yeah. it's pretty much just what saying- What is this, 2012? Well, but I, mean, I, I love class. I play a lot of games from the 80s and the early 2000s. I, I have no judgment on that. I just find it completely un- uh, creative mm-hmm. and unfunny and then when people post something of like look at this crazy combination of things it's like yeah that would happen because those right. things were already pre-printed and pre-manufactured <laughs> and eventually those combinations would yeah, happen written by a bunch mean, of comedians yeah it doesn't yeah. mean that you're clever for having selected them and and you know it's based on apples to apples which is a great game that you can play with uh, with kids or with uh, with uh, the elderly uh, unlike <laughs> cars against humanity, yeah, but uh, but at least with apples to apples, you're 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 a you're learning a little something about what the the certain topics are, but you also you also get some insight into the people that you're playing with. Like, oh, I think that person would choose that combination of things. And for cards against humanity, th- th- there's none of that. It's what just it's just all that? random guessing. Well, I will say I agree with it's the, manufactured outrage. Right. I think there is something though, like when you're playing cards, you do have to predict. Like based on their sense of humor, it's like I could put something that's witty because I, based on the person who's picking, mm-hmm. or something that's just completely absurd. I'm not saying that that's redeeming. I don't redeeming find much wit in it. I just don't me, find much game, wit. It's more, it's more about like outrage. You know, it, it's being being the the craziest, wackiest. thing. I just think it loses its excitement after you play it the first time. Yeah, I think. And yeah. the only other times I've enjoyed playing it has been like I've not been sober. And then, even then, the only good card is Chainsaws for Arms or whatever that card is. Love that one. No, it's like, play it once, be amazed, like, oh my gosh, this thing is so outrageous, and they put it in print. Wow, that's kind of weird to see something so outrageous in print, and then then move on to something else. That's why they need all those modifier decks now, because I think people, at a certain point, it's like, right, you said the Pope likes to jerk off right. on an old foot or right. whatever the weird combo is. And right. you're like, oh, wow. On an Can old we foot. Play... Come yeah. on. I mean, I'd rather play Scattergors. You know? But here, the Pope here, is like so that. holy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, right. Why would he? Guys, let me, let me, let me explain why it's funny. Outrageous. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, apples to apples is a fun game, but not enough uh, 
Pope. What is a good what is off. a good comedy game to you? Pope a connoisseur oh, of games. Uh, well, I like regular games where it, it ends up being funny because uh, people are under pressure and doing right. something unexpected. Sure, sure, so for sure. me, Pictionary is always fun yeah. and funny. Celebrity, uh, you know, yeah, Celebrity is yeah. one of my favorite games. Balderdash, you can at least be witty and clever and, mm-hmm. and how you can get people to to guess fake definitions of things. I like those kinds of things. But also, I just have fun playing. I, you know, there's also just not much very conversational about that game. Also, it's right. like you you you're waiting for someone to play something. They play the wacky thing. You make a statement about like, oh, that's so crazy, and then you move on to the next thing. Yeah. Like, I, it doesn't it doesn't allow conversation. It doesn't right. allow you know, other, played, other than being amazed at how crazy those combinations are. I'm not very tapped into the game world mm-hmm. uh, unless it's on console. Uh, but like, there was a version of charades where it started off as just sort of acting something out. Yeah. But as each round got harder, there was like the same 20 things people had to act out. Yeah. But you had less and less ability to actually emote or gesture. So right. like first you would actually do, you know, proper, you know, act it out. Sure. Then you could only just use like your face. Mm. Oh, that's uh, fun. And then as it got to one of the more extreme rounds is you put a sheet over yourself and oh, then you try and act it out with a sheet over you. Huh. And that was just kind of got funny because you began to just pick up on like micro movements that would right. suggest it was this one answer. Yeah. I, but you know, I it, play that once. It That's works like for the brain. people who are too good at celebrity. Yeah. Or too comfortable in a sheet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of ghosts. They just come out from under and they're naked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've never like, oh. played a game of celebrity that didn't include people like laughing their ass off yeah. at each other or themselves until I overturned the table. Uh, <laughs> and then. And you're you like, know, I don't much look. less laughter. Uh, what is something you think is underrated? I have been binge listening uh, as a podcast all of the original episodes of Dragnet from uh, the 1940s and 50s, and Whoa. it is some of the best written drama. Uh, it, it's a, it's sort of the original police procedural, um, and people are familiar maybe with the Dan Aykroyd, Tom Hanks movie. Maybe they're familiar with the TV show, but it all started as an old time radio show. And it is fascinating how freaking good it is. Some of the original episodes are lost, so I'm up to about episode 80 or so out of like 250. And it's just uh, – it's it's a really good police procedural. And the thing that's so fascinating about it is what they choose to dramatize and what they choose just to sort of narrate around. And it's really dark. Mm. Like you would think – you know, even though, it's, even though it's also wholesome and kind of whitewashed uh, from that era – but there's also murders and rapes. And, you know, on one episode, they're trying to find someone's lost fur coat. And another one, there's, you know, a triple homicide in Lamar yeah. Park. Um, and the great thing about it is it takes place in L.A. And so there's references to all these things in L.A. that, you know, the street names that are still the right, same right. and the places that aren't there anymore. Right. And, you know, they talk about the, you know, that the Dodgers might be coming to Los Angeles from Brooklyn. Holy and, shit. Uh, so that so it's it's just really fun and this and uh, uh, and and it really keeps you into the story and even though you know even though you know that they're just in a studio and and someone is making sound effects and all mm-hmm. that it really feels like they're in their car and they're going out to to the valley and uh, uh, it, it's just really re- really really enjoyable and incredibly well acted even though some of it's a little silly because you know basically the, the, their their procedure is. Uh, you find the suspect, you ask him three times, and the fourth time you say, come on, give it up, <laughs> and, they, and they give it up. Yeah. 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 So there's a little bit of that. And also my, my, my favorite thing about it also is that um, uh, they could be walking down a hallway or on a beach or on a mountaintop, and the footsteps sound exactly All the same. The same. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it sounds like, it's like, it's like tap shoes We're on walking on this like linoleum floor yeah. at yeah. the beach. Yeah. Uh, but it's really, really enjoyable. And um, like I said, I downloaded it as a podcast and usually listen to it at night when yeah. I'm going to bed. And uh, it's outstanding. I mean, I, I hope I hope I'm not repeating one that's, that's come up a lot. I'm <laughs> no, sure you get a lot yes, of guests yeah. recommending old time radio shows. Dragnet. Dragnet. Wait, so it was a radio show also? Oh, yeah. That's how it started. That. Yeah, okay. it started a radio show with Jack Webb uh, as as uh, Joe Friday. And then he also, of course, played him on uh, on TV as well. Yeah. And uh, I think there was a movie also in the 60s as well. The TV show uh, taught me everything I needed yeah. to know about LSD. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> no. the Dragnet LSD yeah. episode, but... Well, there is one episode I've listened to on the radio on the radio version where uh, there's a suspicion of marijuana uh, being in a high school. <laughs> and so they ask this, they ask this girl, like, uh, if she... It, they're trying to find the source of it, and they ask this one high school girl, you know, like, did you notice anything strange about... This? She's like, well, there was this strange musky smell... <laughs> and it's like, and then when I got into his car, there was also that strange musky smell, and, and he was acting a little music. weird. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They uncover LSD use among a group of hippies in All this right. one episode, and uh, and it ends with one of the like drug using hippies, like they show up to his apartment, and 
he's like laying down and one of his friends is like, he said he wanted to get further out. And Friday checks his pulse and goes, well, he made it. He's dead. Oh, From wow. LSD use. Mm, so, damn. Cue fucking uh, CSI music. Yeah. And have yeah, fucking Caruso throw his sunglasses yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. But the other cool thing about the radio, the radio version is there's like there's action, there's chase, there's car chases, and there's oh, yeah? shootouts, and you know, How, does it work? It really does. I yeah. mean, well, that's what's know, interesting to me about you bringing this up because yeah. like we live in it, we're sort of re-entering this sort of space again with podcasting, right, right, right. and then we fail to sort of even see it's like they were fucking perfecting oh, that yeah. shit when they only had radio, right. Yeah, I mean, some of, you know, of course, they have to narrate it a little bit. It's like, yeah, look, yeah, look yeah. out, Joey's got a gun. He's right. shooting at you. Oh, he got me. You know, there's a little bit of that. He's shooting really... the bullets in your general direction. Yeah. But, like, if you can pull off a car chase Whoa, on that the one radio gotcha. and right. it's still exciting, I mean, that really says something. Look out, look out. It's a woman with a baby carriage. <laughs> oh, thank God. Wait, do you have your eyes closed? <laughs> He's telling you. Sorry, uh, I'm on LSD. <laughs> what is a myth? What's something people think is true that you know to be false? Uh, that Cleveland is... Uh, not a good place to visit. Ooh. I was just in Cleveland a few uh, weekends ago, spent the weekend there. As, as I've mentioned on the show before, I travel a lot often to accumulate mileage. Uh, yeah. And that was, it was a total mileage run to go to Cleveland. Oh, uh, really? And I had a great time. It's really, really cool. So I you went stayed, to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I did. I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I stayed downtown. I walked to a baseball game. Yeah. I walked to a baseball game. That, yeah. that For those maybe from in a lot of cities, that's normal. But in LA, that's unheard of. Uh, yeah, and it's great. You know, it's it, it. There are a lot of neighborhoods that are being uh, re-energized, and unfortunately, a lot of those are just like mini Portlands, which I think is a lot of the same right. across mm. across the country. Um, but it's still got a lot of great personality and very walkable and and gorgeous. Like so if you're looking over the these bridges at sunset over up, up uh, over the river and off onto the lake. And I got some incredible pictures that you would never believe that was Cleveland and great people and, and yeah. super friendly. I've always uh, said I've never met a bad person from Cleveland. Well, there you go. So uh, yeah, no, it's. It's something that even people who I met there were like, really? You came here on purpose for just for, <laughs> for, for a vacation? Are you a Drew Carey fan? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, yeah, I know. I had no other reason to go other than, oh, it sounds cool. I hadn't been. And and I guess, like I said, I had a, it was a cheap fare and needed the miles. And um, yeah, really, really great, ta- great, I mean, great time. You know, as the sh- presidents of the United States of America said, Cleveland rocks. Yeah, mm. they did say that. And there are some people who call it the Clee, and then other people who call it the, the land. land. The land. Some people yeah. call it the Clee, huh? The Clee or the Cleave. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. The land sounds a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. But it's the kind of place where, like, I go to a bar and people will actually talk to you. And I met people at the baseball game. Like, I went there alone and ended up, uh, ended up with friends. With friends. Huh? Oh yes. man, love to hear that. I, uh, and the food is great. I should acknowledge that I, the only people I've ever met from Cleveland are the characters on the Drew Carey show. <laughs> I was but, gonna say, yeah. yeah. I mean, I do love those well, characters. Well, all the women wear heavy clown makeup. Like, and <laughs> oh, my friend Mimi, she yeah. is a hoot. <laughs> She's outrageous, gregarious. Uh, no shout out to Sean. Uh, who is a listener of the show and uh, one of the smartest dudes I know. And he moved back to Cleveland after college and is had his bachelor party in Cleveland. And oh, we had a great yeah. time. Ooh. Walked to a baseball game. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great to leave a place and, and feel, oh, I didn't get to do everything I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to go to, I just, my, I want to go for the food actually. Because I've seen so many food specials like at the West Side Market or something mm-hmm. and all uh, the food that's there. And I'm like, yeah. just give me, just give the me. Market, that. some of the best ice cream I've had there is at Mitchell's. I went to uh, Michael Simon, who I think is an Iron Chef, has a barbecue place there. It was that, that was outrageously good. All right. So look, Ohio, dude, we're, we're doing the Lord's work for you. Just fly us out. Right. You know what I mean? Was oh, this an option? Uh, Cleveland, I, I think so. In particular, yeah, but Cleveland, Cincinnati, you know, Cincinnati. I'll check out. Sure, you know, I love, uh, I love Skyline. Gold but you Star need Star someone to show you around. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll yes. need Jake Keith there exactly. as well, yes. and any Zeit gang that's there uh, to house us. All right, guys, let's get into uh, the latest on the Varsity Blues scandal. I think this is the part that we were all waiting for, which is the sentencing, the justice bumper. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. That's the Law and Order sound, but done terribly. <laughs> I, th- I think we're nailing it. I, think, <laughs> I mean, this, we should be filed under music podcast at yep. this point. We uh, might get sued for copyright yeah, infringement yeah. just from my vocal stylings. But Felicity Huffman, her lawyers are asking that she just serve probation and community service and a $20,000 fine. Yeah. But the prosecution is like, we're thinking, you know, br- brace yourself a month in jail. Right. Um, and, you know, I think there are people who are who want more, want less. Clearly, her lawyers think 20, 250 hours of community service and $20,000 is good enough. But I don't. 
I don't know. Um, I think I don't necessarily desire for her to be in jail for an extended period of time necessarily. Thirty days but some seems kind of kind of right. Am I am I wrong? Like sure, I, I think about right to me. I think there's ways though to tell these people that you fucked up majorly. Sure. Right. That doesn't just because I think when she was on Desperate Housewives, she was making somewhere near like four hundred thousand an episode. What's twenty thousand dollars to like? Right. That's not an effective deterrent. Yeah. Well, that's not even close to what she actually paid the guy to to help the kid get in. I right? think it's fifteen thousand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, something fifteen. Like that. Okay. She paid fifteen thousand no, and thought that was going to get her kid into college. No, no. She only it was fifteen grand just to arrange that fake test score because her oh. her kid had like more the, to it, the janky proctor. I thought the other people to, were other people. Did. Other okay, people on different. Like up. you know, Lori Laughlin, I think was on the hook for half a million. Right. That, okay. Yeah. That's it up. So that's why she is a little bit of a different case. But anyway, and Lori Laughlin, not guilty, as she says. <laughs> Good guilty. luck with that trial. Um, but like, you know, with this, I think, yeah, the 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 fines could be greater or do something that, you know, if you're going to put that money in to take the opportunity from someone else, I think you have to make amends in a, in a much greater Start way. Start a scholarship yeah. of like a million for dollars under for under, yeah, yeah. For yeah. under at the very least. For the take, sort of people that you whose spot you were taking. But I, I do think she should have a little jail time. I don't yeah, think it needs sure. to be huge. One month days, is fine. Yeah, or even even a couple weeks. Like if she agrees to do the community service and establish a scholarship or something, right. I, think, I think some jail time is appropriate. Because I think at the end of the day, you want these people to be like, Oh, maybe we should just, you know, gallivant to San Tropez mm-hmm. on a yacht for vacation. Be like, oh, that's right. We took a $3 million hit last year. Right. Maybe we need to rethink that because right. we fucked up because we were trying to game the college admission system right. in a in a different way. But no, she doesn't do any jail time and just does the probation all that. Is she still a felon? Is she? Are you still a convicted felon if you're admitting uh, to a plea deal? I don't know if she... Because I want her to be a felon. Yeah, yeah why not? Yeah. I mean, you know, she could be up there. But I, yeah, I, again, I think it's it's seemingly a light touch. But again, mm-hmm. when you but just hear her out because there are people who her lawyers are like, look, you know, she was in a real tough spot when this guy came up to her and told her that her daughter, based on her own academic merit and ability, was unfit to get into the school she wanted to apply to or Aww. enter. She had no choice. Yeah, mm. it's like what? And then her whole quote was. From Huffman, I think during a deposition or one of these um, procedures said, quote, I felt an urgency which built to a sense of panic that there was this huge obstacle in the way that needed to be fixed for my daughter's sake. As warped as it sounds now, I honestly began to feel that maybe I would be a bad mother if I didn't do what Mr. Singer was suggesting, right. which was to cheat on her That tests. is good parenting to teach your kids that anything can be bought no. and that you just... And it's, <laughs> I, you know, I understand where she's coming from, but yeah. she still made the wrong choice. Right. Like, yeah, right, right, right. There's no getting... Like, I have, I have empathy for her for wanting... You know, the best to, for your child. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You want the best for your child, but you also can't, like, teach them that... They can just buy their way. I felt guilty that that my dad was able to afford like an SAT tutor for me. Like I felt that was you know right. that that was exposing the privilege that I had, and I felt that that was you know at the expense of, of people who you know somebody who, right. who who couldn't right and are primed to enter that environment yeah. of taking a test. Like Turned that. out my dad was just being a cheapskate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's like what the fuck? right. Yeah. You could have paid for someone yeah. else to take the test for me. He he explored his options. Yeah, he was like, oh, fifteen k. Shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, guys, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And uh, just a general check in with the state of mind of the president of these United States. You know, after having a bad week last week, uh, over the weekend, the president went on Twitter to let his base know who the real villains are uh, and see if you can tell me if these people have anything in common. Mm-hmm. John Legend, mm-hmm. Lester Holt, mm-hmm. Van Jones, mm-hmm. and John Legend's filthy-mouthed wife, uh, who he didn't mention by name. Um, they are... Ooh, I know. Not white. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. He got mad at a MSNBC story that didn't give him enough credit for being- For freeing ASAP Rocky? Yeah, basically, <laughs> for prison reform. And not just a story, like an hour-long special on a Sunday night. Right. Didn't Le- yeah, Lester Holt yeah. like went to prison, right? Was the whole thing? Yeah, I, I think mean, John Legend's- The Legend thing was, yeah. Tweet was pretty good. He said, imagine being the president of a whole country and spending your Sunday night hate-watching MSNBC, mm-hmm. hoping somebody, anybody will praise you. Mm. And then- 
Melania, please praise, praise this man. He needs you. Um, I just like how Chrissy Teigen, as her name is actually said, and oh, we were me. shook to our core. No, apparently she just got tired of correcting people. Really? She's like, it's Teigen, but like honestly, I don't care anymore. Right. And I was like, whoa, come on, stand up for your name. Uh, was when she called him a pussy ass bitch. That right. was pretty good. Well, that so was, that's how that was her response, correct? Yeah, I guess to all this, I mean, th- I knew something happened, but when I just saw the headline, Chrissy Teigen to President Trump, pussy ass bitch, I was like, nah, that's all I need to know. Yeah, she, I mean, that was her response to him calling her foul-mouthed and also <laughs> Not even mentioning to the her fact name. that he wouldn't yeah. mention her name or <laughs> at her uh, because presumably he saw that follower account, right. saw, saw the uh, amount of love that's out there. Oh, boy. Thought he would get away with beating up on Van Jones. Um, I just, oh man, I wish he tried to actually show up for a smoke show with Chrissy Teigen because I feel like he would have his whole skull ripped off on Twitter and it would be a L he could never come back from. Yeah, it's. But that's why he didn't at her. And right. she was even saying in true Twitter, you know, beef style, like you couldn't even at me, son. Meanwhile, his Alabama hurricane fuck up has continued to kind of linger. Uh, the National Weather Service chief came out on Monday in full support of the local meteorologists who contradicted the president's, you know, dangerous panic inducing tweet. And the president has continued to suggest he was right. And apparently the National Weather Service has had been applying like pressure downward for people not to come out and like say anything about the controversy or you know, contradict the president in any way. A source who spoke to Gizmodo said, this is the first time I've felt pressure from above to not say what truly is the forecast. It's hard for me to wrap my head around. One of the things we train on is to dispel inaccurate rumors, and ultimately that is what was occurring. Ultimately what the Alabama office did is provide a forecast with their tweet. That is what they get paid to do. And weather has officially entered... The Trump zone where this is but the chief scientist of the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration came out as like, I'm going to actually investigate what the fuck happened here, because this just smacks of a political thing because they had to come out and be like, actually, he was right. Right. Uh, But then but the chief scientist is like, that's fucking a terrible thing to come out and have to say something like that, because our whole the service we provide is giving people accurate information in potentially dangerous situations for people when it comes to inclement weather. So it's like to then come out and do all this other stuff in service of this, you know, obsessed president. He was like, it's just a danger to public safety. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, that's what I wanted to say also. It's like, I know it's, it's easy to make fun of because it's so the sharp bizarre. Yeah. The yeah. Sharpie and all that. But like, this is a really big step towards a being anti-science and anti-fact and all that. But yeah, just as far as public safety, I mean, if there's, you know, there's, there were people in Alabama probably who needed to know, should I evacuate or not? Should I get my grandmother out of the nursing home or not? And he, you know, and because of his own ego, uh, we can't get a straight answer on all that. I mean, next time, you know, let's say there's next time an emergency that isn't predictable and we're going to need reliable facts and he's going to say whatever's the most convenient for him or or save face. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a real dangerous uh, step, even though it also is, freaking ridiculous right, right. even though like on paper you'd be like i'm probably going to go with whatever the scientists are saying versus yeah. trump the yeah. fact that you have two competing narratives right to, to somebody who's not as savvy could potentially be right. confused and be like well what, hmm, which one do i believe now yeah and the presidents came first i mean he mm-hmm. was like there was alabama wasn't in any danger the storm was gonna they knew the storm was gonna be too far east to affect alabama and he said alabama's gonna get hit Worse than expected, and, uh, and think of what that means for people there. Yeah. I mean, that maybe they leave their job and don't get paid for that day because they've got to go prepare their home, or they've got to, you know, they've got to go buy gas, they've got to go buy supplies. This really affects people, uh, as you know. And again, th- thank goodness it wasn't the opposite. He said, pe- you know, he didn't say something right. wasn't going to happen, and then got hit. But you could totally see that happening the exact same way. Right. right. You know, and imagine if it was the opposite, where where he said, you know, Flor- he kept insisting Florida's not going to get hit, or the Bahamas isn't going to get hit, and then they do. They do. Right. right. He, uh, the, the tweet that is causing all the controversy, not from him, but the one contradicting him was just like, guys, don't worry, Alabama is safe. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not going to get it. It's just like such a straightforward thing. It's like, how it's is like, no. this controversial? Ooh, yeah, how, right. how is this still a thing? How, I didn't say, how I didn't did say he, Alabama. How did he not just say, sorry about Alabama? I said Oops, Alhambra. My bad, it's not Alabama. 
I saw like, one theory that uh, that said he got confused because he read some piece of paper that said all Bahamas. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> shit. And then that somehow in his head, that's how we got the idea that Alabama. But was... even then, he wouldn't even be able to admit that now. Right. So he's like, no. Of course not. And it's like, right. oh, no, you fucking poor moron. I mean, there. No, no not poor him. Fuck. There is that, uh, <laughs> there is that Samantha B piece that is supposed to be a joke about how he can't read mm-hmm. uh, that is wildly convincing when you look at like all the all the different people who have like worked with him and like different depositions where he's like I don't know what you're talking about I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read that sentence and Pete Davidson saying on SNL he couldn't read the cue cards so uh, Miles, we have a little bit mm. more insight into when the president early, uh, what seems like decades ago, early in his presidency, kind of yucked it up with Russian officials uh, yeah. after the next day after firing James Pretty Cohen. much the next day. Yeah. There was that photo of uh, Sergei Lavrov and Sergei Kislyak, so the foreign minister and former ambassador, respectively, were like, in the Oval Office fucking yucking it up. And people are like, what the fuck is going on? Right. And the the story that came out at that time is that Trump may have revealed some kind of intelligence gathering source because he was sharing information that uh, we had collected on like ISIS in Syria that had come from like an Israeli intelligence source or something like that. And at the time, it was sort of the beginning of like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, right. did he literally just have Russians, the Oval Office, share some kind of like secret intelligence and then just kept it moving? And, you know, at the time, it was just like one of the, you know, many hundred stories that comes out a week about the, the president. Um, but recently, it was just sort of it just came out that um, they as a result of that exchange, like a lot of the intelligence officials in the U.S. got concerned about a very deep. Uh, intelligence asset they had in the Russian government and had to extract them like oh, very Jesus. quickly because they're like, oh, fuck. Like, even though this specific information that was, you know, revealed at this meeting didn't have anything to do with them, they were like, we don't even want them to connect dots tangentially. They're like, get <laughs> right. them the yeah. fuck out, which is extreme because that's like an extreme remedy than maybe just summoning them somewhere else. It's like, no, we're going to have to pull this person out to make sure nothing terrible happens to them. And that was sort of the byproduct of his show and tell party uh, in the Oval Office. Right. And it's just sort of like mounting evidence or just sort of adding to the narrative that, you know, the intelligence community has a just deep distrust for him. Uh, not even that, like when he's sharing like, you know, uh, missile launch photos, like they're just like, you know, cool DMs to share with It's kind of weird because in a way we kind of need this sort of deep state <laughs> right. to, happen, to, yeah. to happen. But I think it's 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 happening, in you know, because of him rather than, you know, as a, I don't know what I'm trying to say. No, I'm trying to, I'm trying to say that, that, you know, the conspiracy about the deep state was that, was that, you know, he was part of it. And that it was, uh, but really, it's becoming an offshoot. It's becoming necessary to create one because he's uh, so out of control. Yeah, and he's yeah. irresponsible with any information he That's has. That's what I was trying right. to say. And then, yeah, his temperament. Then too, on top of it, it's like you don't know how close we are to some f- disastrous dismiss. It's decision. so weird though that, that that now you know people on the left are like, oh, thank God, there's rogue uh, yeah. <laughs> intelligence CIA agents, and right. agents. <laughs> to, to, to yeah. protect us from the president. I mean, the fact that James Comey was lionized by the left for a little while is pretty wild. Yeah, uh, based on everything else, literally everything else that he's ever done, right. other than be fired by Trump and have a feud with him. But that was the logic Jared Kushner thought was going to be good. He's like, yeah, fire him, and then the Democrats will like you. <laughs> it's like, dude, what? Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the shit show at the Fuck Factory, Miles. Hey, shout out to Succession. <laughs> shout out to Succession. Just started watching that show. Uh, the Atlantic has a new report on a sort of mini cold war that's brewing between Ivanka and her brother Donald Jr. Yeah. It's um it's a fucking wild read. Um <laughs> it has so much interesting background. It's just it's you know over the course of many interviews with aides and friends and people around it they were sort of kind of understanding this their the relationship between Don Jr. and his sister was evolving in a becoming more and more adversarial as time goes on. Um, And because now, since he's become president, Trump is now president, the two kids are like really desperate to impress their father in any way possible. Um, But it seems like there's sort of two games happening. There's one with Ivanka and Jared. 
they're doing it. They're playing a more like inside game where they want to just get as much influence in the city and in the administration as possible. And from there, cement a place for their future if they choose to move on to a political hustle, if you will. Mm. And then Don Jr. just wants daddy's affection. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's happening in two different ways. But they're at the end of the day, they both want their father's of you know, approval. Um, so the, the backdrop that it's all set up against is really interesting. Apparently, this is... Um, like, you know, through these interviews and books and other things, they said uh, that essentially Donald uh, Sr. cultivated a Darwinian dynamic in the family. On ski trips when they raced down the mountain, Trump would jab at his children with a pole to get ahead of them. (laughs) His favorite fatherly maxim was, don't trust anyone. And he liked to test his children by asking whether they trusted him. If they said yes, they were reprimanded. Yep. The weirdest part is that, is that none of that seems out of character. No. no and it's starting to make completely. sense, right? Because you're like, oh, of course. Right. Like, if that's what's being put through your head, you'll never trust anyone or feel for anyone because mm-hmm. everyone is out to get you, right? If you, everyone's out to get you, you should you can never feel bad for anyone. Um, and then from there, like, it got worse, apparently, when Ivana Trump and Donald split and he left uh, Ivana for Marla Maples. They both hated their father for basically what he had done to their mother and how he treated her and how he handled the whole thing. But the two kids he cheated on her in public and then leaked stories about how he cheated on her to the page six. Yes, of the New exactly. York Post. In addition yeah. to abusing her, you know, and I think all of that. But then the kids handled that their separate way. Don, who was 12 at the time was angry. He said, this is again through these interviews, quote, how can you say you love us? He reportedly spat during an argument and refused to talk to him for a year. Eight-year-old Ivanka was afraid of what she might lose in the divorce, blah, blah, blah. But in the years that followed, Don seemed to define himself in opposition to his father. Trump loved golf, so Don stayed off the links. Trump was a teetotaler, so Don drank heavily. People from his frat in college said he was drinking heavily. He was drinking himself into a really dark place, said one former frat brother, who recalled Don breaking down in tears at a party as he talked about his father. He hated what his dad did to his mom. For a while, he didn't even want people to know his last name. And then Ivanka on the other side got closer during that period Mm. and visited him every day after school. She just went to the office and began to pride herself by saying, like, he will he'll always take my call. He'll he'll interrupt a meeting to take my call. And so that was sort of the backdrop, too, of them like starting to compete with each other. And it just gets fucking wackier and darker uh, as things go on because there was a I think around last year, November, there's a McClatchy report about how uh, someone was describing how like Don Jr. wows as Ivanka disappoints was the headline. Mm. And they began to be like, oh, see, they're leaking shit about us and blah, blah, blah. And they had a confrontation where he's like, tell your people to stop trashing me to the media. Oh, Ivanka said Ivanka that to said Don. said that to Don Jr. Oh, shit. And then this whole time they just talk about Eric, who's just like, and Eric... Uh, likes to stay out of it. <laughs> Eric likes to play with socks. Right? Yeah, essentially, he's just like at the you know at the at the at Mar-a-Lago running the organization and just not really knowing what to do. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't based on you know whenever you read kind of insider like deeply reported insider reports of what it's like in the White House, you are always hearing about how like surprisingly influential uh, Jared and Ivanka are. Uh, based like surprising because they don't have roles, mm-hmm. but they, <laughs> right. they're just still they wielding the most. Yeah, I mean, like well, she's that, to technically an official advisor, right? Least. But that gives them the freedom to just kind of roam and mm-hmm. like go into different places and just you know have their impact felt. It's like having they're like, a, the, they're like the Roombas of the White House, right? Yeah, they're like <laughs> an extra having an extra person and on like a basketball court, and you're just getting to like run around and like block anyone because you don't have a man to guard. Like you don't have an official position, so yeah. you just get to do what you want. Um, and yeah, you you don't hear much about Don Jr. other than stories about the president being like, my son's a fucking idiot. There was so. another thing in there in the Atlantic article where they're talking about how when he was born or when Ivana was pregnant uh, with Don Jr., she told, she's like, what, why don't we name him Donald? And he's like, what if he's a loser? Mm. Right. Was his first response to that. Yeah. So he's very, and that's just, you can tell in their relationship and also Don Jr.'s desperation to impress him. That's why apparently during the campaign, Ivanka stayed behind the scenes because her her dad was even like, she's got an image. 
Yeah, she's been she's been tending to that. You Ivanka's image idiot. is more important than this run for the yeah. White House and the future of the United States. I mean, that's so over uh, the weekend. Trump's 2020 campaign manager uh, predicted a multi-decade Trump dynasty, saying mm-hmm. that like <laughs> he and his family are all amazing people and. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, basically, that is how they're thinking about. How do this, they say, how do they define the dynasty exactly? That it just because he was president once, now that name is going to have so much like cachet. I, I that everyone think they but, probably uh, think Trump. everyone but Tiffany. Right. <laughs> That's how they yeah. define the dynasty. Well, she's trying to be a lawyer, so they yeah. do say that Tiffany and Barron are lucky because mm-hmm. they had a much different upbringing than the yeah, Eric Donju and Ivanka. Right, like where he wasn't like making it like creating this toxic family environment. It's like. Why did you stab your brother? See if he's tough enough. <laughs> right. Like kind of thing where it's, I think maybe it was just normal neglect. Right. It's more <laughs> like having a grandparent, like being right. a grandparent at this stage for him. He doesn't need to be like overly involved and. Oh, God. That's, I, you know, you know, I hope Baron uh, can end up a, a decent human, but yeah. Good luck to you, sir. All right. We're going to take another quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back, and Apple having a big week. Uh, the Apple Card is newly out. The new iPhone uh, is going to be revealed uh, this week. And the coolest thing I've seen out of those two news items is that you can sharpen your Apple Card to turn it into a knife, <laughs> uh, which is pretty. Wait, what? Yeah, you can I, because it's like titanium or whatever, some sort of metal that yeah. like works. You can just sharpen it like pretty easily. Was and, a guy just filing yeah. it down, like on a proper grinding yeah. wheel, or just like no, old he school just on the used, sidewalk? Uh, he he used uh, sandpaper and like wet the sandpaper and then just like. Kind of sharpened it. And to be fair, you can make a knife out of anything. I've, yeah. I've gone into these YouTube uh, <laughs> black holes where th- there's this there's this guy in Japan who will make a knife out of like packing tape or out of like cardboard right. and all that. So I'm not terribly surprised. Yeah, well, prisoners have done amazing things. If you ever want to look up like things people have been killed with in prison yeah. and like they please stop sending your credit cards to prisoners. Yes, <laughs> it, it's it's f- pretty cool. That's like the f- well because it looks dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like it's. Kind of cool. Well, it sounds already like a you know thin blade, right? And now you can be like Steven Seagal in The Glimmer Man, right? I don't know if you remember that scene. He cuts a dude's throat with a credit card. Does he? Yeah, like these dudes trying to rob him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, here's my credit card," and straight up slits this dude's throat. I don't know why the first thing I thought of was like that Steven Seagal scene in The Glimmer Man. (laughs) Well, because it's a ridiculous thing. Yeah, but also I'm more. Yeah, I'm just more in my head. I'm like, why do I remember shit from The Glimmer Man? (laughs) I'm 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 into the credit card and points and miles game, so I have a lot of different credit cards, right. and, and so this this the the heavy metal credit card has been a thing for I don't know the last five years or so. Yeah, and yeah. I do not understand what the benefit or, or advantage of it is. It's it's so you can feel like it's you're, you're doing something important. Yeah, right. you, you, the whole reason to have it is so that the waiter or the shopkeeper says, "Oh, heavy, oh, right." Yeah. And Whoa, then the, heavy then ball sack it. there, sir. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're right. Oh, no small penis person could no. have a card yeah. this heavy. I now, if please ring up my Viagra. I wonder yeah. if there's something like unconscious about the fact that money is all basically imaginary numbers in a system right. now. So we like want them to have some tangible. Heft. Yeah, <laughs> right. like, so, but you have that with something the plastic. tangible because I mean, you get these metal cards. You can't shred them. So if it gets, if you need to, you know, if you close your account or if it gets, stole, or if, you know, if you have to change cards or whatnot, you have to send it back in. No, uh, you so just turn it into a knife. Or you turn it into a knife. You know yeah. what? I've never I've, have to buy I've another been, knife. I've, I've not been repurposing them. You <laughs> said you're heavy into the credit card mileage points. Game? Yes. I yes. mean, I know you clearly care about miles, but yes. Do you have you have a system that you use for your purchases to optimize your I do? Car, your point? Yes. Output? So I have a bunch. I probably have about twenty different credit cards or something. At this Are you point. for real? Yeah. Uh, yes, that you, you know, because wow. well, especially when I was very heavy into the game. There, I mean, there, that's nothing for people who <laughs> heavy uh, into the game. You into know, the game. I'm man. not the, into the hobby. I'm not the my points guy or whatever not, that one. I'm account not the is. points. I have written for the points guy, but I'm not the points guy. Oh, got it, got it. Uh, but no, there are people who have a whole system with a with a you know a spreadsheet where they know that okay, if you, you apply for this card, then you maximize it out to this, and then 18 months later you can get this one. There are people who really do that. I'm, I've I've gotten 
uh, I've gotten a little more sane for myself, so right. I've got my basics that you know I know I've got to get. I got to spend this much on this card in order to get my status on this airline, and then the rest of it I'm going to maximize this because this is you know I get this many points for for a restaurant, so I'm always going to put my restaurant purchases on this one, right, 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 and uh, stuff like that. So yes, yeah, so now I've got a I've got I got a little system, and the Apple card has no place no points, in it. Yeah. <laughs> has no place in it. Right, no points. So what's the point? I think you do get a I think you do get some uh, percentage cash back on there, but it's not a not a great value. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's for the There's you know my, my friend got one. A friend of mine got one when I think you know was one of the first to get him, and I asked him why, and he's like, "Cause it's cool. Look, it's white. It's <laughs> Look, white, dude, and I can to attach this. it to this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's an empty can. Which is really, which is why it's such brilliant marketing because they're getting people right. who weren't looking necessarily to get a new credit card to to get that. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, when they first started rolling them out, we re- wrote up about this uh, like the Apple support page just for the credit card yeah. because it it stains very easily. They're mm. like, "Don't put it in contact with leather or denim." <laughs> It's like, like the fuck. In other words, your pocket. Just yeah. hold it out in yeah. front of me. Yeah, no. He <laughs> was surprised that he used it on the first time and it scratched. Right, right. Time. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people were like, "What the fuck?" Right. Because I, again, when it's Apple, you want the shiny new thing. Right. But right. guess Steve's what? Steve Jobs like is alive. He I've, wouldn't let it scratch. Right. I've never seen Apple wear. <laughs> I've never seen one fucking credit card that doesn't look like shit or like begins to wear mm. down within three times of it being swiped. Mm. Right. So like, I'm surprised they didn't invest more in like being like. And it's going to look fucking sick the whole time. Right. There's no, are there no numbers on the Apple card? It's no, not, the, it's, it, it, revo- it evolves, yeah, like it's, it's rotating it, or whatever. Oh, Isn't okay. it randomized? That I'm not sure of. Uh, cause yeah, it, it almost seems like the way Steve Jobs was like, no buttons. Right. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. They're, they're like, no anything that credit cards are used for. Yeah. It, it's, it randomizes the, like actual card number. Oh wow! I so think that's when you connect. Yeah, when you use it with the app. I think when you use it like with the yeah, app. Yeah. So thing. like that way, you'll. It's just they just want to make it as difficult as yeah. possible for somebody to take your fucking card and spend a hundred dollars at a gas station in Northridge. Right. Which as is far me. as the new iPhone, they're working on a folding iPhone, an iPhone with a laser guided three D time of flight camera. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Uh, one what? with in display fingerprint sensor, and those are all slated for 2020 or beyond. This one is just going to have a bigger camera. <laughs> That's oh, basically it. Damn, I've the flights. Whatever you that combination of words was impressive. Yeah. Lasers, time of flight, laser guided, and in display fingerprint sensor. What is in I have been laser wondering guided time of fl- like to. Like, I have no idea. I've I've been turning that over in my mind for a while. I think like it's to help the focus of the camera. I think that it maybe uses a something laser in motion for, or whatever. Yeah, oh, so. time of flight. Okay, yeah. that makes more sense. It's like I thought it was to remember your. Oh, I, think right. it, I think it's to capture things in motion. So, like, if you if you want to get a still photo of thing in motion, it, it will laser. If using a laser, it'll figure out where the thing is, so it won't be blurry. I'm guessing it's that. Yeah. Or or Oof. it's or it's another way of paying for tacos. I don't yeah, know. exactly. I mean the the camera seems to be the main thing that they can keep making better. Mm-hmm. Everything else seems like it's about I mean, I, the same. Right. I have an iPhone 10. I don't really see anything that means like, oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, because before that, I had an Apple f- iPhone like 4 that was just rotting. Right. It started to smell. Okay, yeah. I'm not going to lie. The phone started to smell. I don't know why. I don't know if you have noticed this. I have a laptop, an old Mac laptop that also has started to smell. Oh, yeah. If you have any answers on that, please let me know. But um. Yeah, I think even now I'm like, I don't know how much you can really iterate on this where we're like, oh, we've a, okay, now we're in 2020. Right. Yeah. I mean, the ba- I think the the thing that would be great is if they could like double the battery life or something, but that <laughs> nobody has created a better battery since the first iPhone. Like it's all basically the same and the battery makes up most of the body of your camera. Like that's why the uh, pluses have longer battery life because they just have bigger batteries i mean yeah it was portrait mode is really the the end 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 of the road for me yeah like I, after that after seeing one person use portrait mode i was like oh this will be cool yeah like four times yeah portrait mode is great that's one of the great innovations of it probably the... it helps i noticed for people with kids they actually have good photos of their kids now. yeah before yeah. on these other shits it was like cool <laughs> there is not a good picture of me before the age of like 20 I don't think. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah. There, there's, like... <laughs> it's not a good photo. <laughs> like, like, my son has, like, so many good pictures of him. I know. I have to look Constantly. Through. It's a double-edged sword, though. You know, like, everything's... Yeah. All that history is available now for these kids and exists forever. Yeah. But, I mean, shit, again. Yeah, most of my most of my pictures of me as a kid are just me squinting. 
Yeah, just yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Too bright. Squinting, like being uncomfortable. Not looking at the I've, got weird, I've got weird poly knits on. Yeah. yeah, or it's like <laughs> me with like my pupils heavily dilated at a high school football game or something, right. wearing a candy <laughs> necklace. You can't blame the camera for that. <laughs> hey, man, look, man, when you're partying, you're party. Actually, I was in band at a high school football game. I was always in the stands. Nice. But I would drink in the stands. You would drink while do it while yeah, banding? Yeah, I remember when our, t- our football team got really good my senior year. I got real reckless, and on trips, I had a fake ID that I made it by myself on Photoshop. I was from New Jersey. Yeah. And I would buy Bacardi, and I would f- I would take a two-liter bottle of Coke and do 50-50 rum and Cokes, basically. So I would have this two-liter just lit tank that I would pass around the back of the bus. Nice. Uh, and I almost got in deep shit uh, when a security guard tried to stop me from running on the field drunk. And they're like, are you drinking? I'm like, no, nah, man, I got to go. And I fucking like ran back in the crowd. Wow. Anyway, story time with Miles. Let's talk about Impossible Meat. There's like sort of a an online backlash brewing sort of thing. Like people are talking about how Impossible Meat uh, and Beyond Meat has the same calories and fat and more salt than real meat and basically treating it like like a health food that people are are being fooled by. Yeah, I don't know if pe- I don't necessarily see it as like eating that stuff because it's healthier. I do it because right. it's not as, you know, there's not a, much of an impact on the environment. Right. And I can still pretend I'm eating fucking beef. Yeah. And I also just feel better afterwards generally than I do if I like Well, that's the difference. Also, there's fiber in right. these uh vegan patties that isn't in real beef. And it's just not as hard to digest as meat. No. So No. Like that's, I don't know. I also am skeptical of stories, any story that is, this seems to be making the rounds of like NBC News and Fox News and CNBC, where it seems like it's like a mainstream media story. And I feel like those sorts of outlets have long standing relationships with big advertisers. And, you know, the, this is, these products are obviously threatening a established order of things. Mm. So right. This is kind of what always happens anytime there's a new dietary wonder. You know, it's like when, yeah. when you know, NutraSweet first came out, people, you know, thought, oh, it has no, you know, it has no uh, health, uh, what sort of a benefit. Right. <laughs> Risks at all. Right. And right. that, you know, oh, therefore you can eat a thousand candies with this and right. you know, still not realizing that there's the, you know, there's the calories and the fat and everything. A lot of those are like the NutraSweet thing was, um, like the cancer risk was actually greatly exaggerated. Uh, they were feeding like what would be to us bucket loads of NutraSweet mm-hmm. to the rats to give them the cancer. Is NutraSweet saccharin? No, no, it's no. aspartame. It's yeah. oh, aspartame. 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 Yeah. Yes, yes. Aspartame. But you know, or even like when like when baked lays came out, everyone thought, oh, this is the this is the with solution to all of our problems. No, remember no, with well, oh, the Olestra one? ones too. Yeah, yeah. Where they would projectile chips. shit themselves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's new with Olean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people always overdo it or don't realize that there's still other elements in it that, you know, depending on what your diet is, uh, work and don't work. But I haven't, I haven't tried one yet. I'm right. curious to try it. Well, because I think also, too, the attack is like, well, it's all this processed food, man. Like, yeah. now this is a processed meat. It's like, well, most food is processed on right. some level. Right. It's the additive and bullshit ingredients that, like, we're sort of conflating with the quote-unquote processed foods mm-hmm. that are the bad ones you know, versus, you know, anything that has to go through a process to be made. Right. Um, but, the dairy, know. Yeah, I mean, it's like the dairy farmers being like, can't milk an almond. It's like, like well, watch me. Yeah. Because <laughs> we just did, motherfucker. <laughs> find a new angle. They have, they're paying the best advertising minds in New York millions and millions of dollars every year to come up with, like, the best way to shit on these products. And mm-hmm. that's where you end up getting... Like, well, this cancer study, like people don't trust uh, chemically altered like imitation foods. So let's focus on this one cancer study that says if you feed a rat its weight in NutraSweet uh, on a daily basis, it gets cancer. Like what's the beef council? How are they even advertising right now? Because I remember it used to be like beef is what's for dinner. But like it's been quiet for them, like in this new era. So I guess is their strategy just to like sort of behind the scenes just take a shit on these like meat? I don't know. 
uh, and interlopers. I, have not, I, not I should say I have no evidence to say that these NBC stories are like being planted or anything. No, no, like no. That. But I'm saying as, a, but like any industry, you would have an like some kind of marketing plan to shield yourself from this yeah. other product mm-hmm. that's coming out. Whether you do that very underhandedly or just try and be do new advertiser or advertising that's like beef. It's how your kid will get smarter right. or some shit. Yeah. Um, but I think like anything, you just, you, you got to investigate what's in it and how that affects, you know, the way that you eat and what your health is. It's yeah, not right. the same, isn't the same for everybody. Yeah. Uh, I would, I would also like to see like a product by product side by side of like what, what the health changes are just cause I, I could also see this being a thing where like a couple of the products are the same, but most of them are actually better for you. But we shall see. Well, yeah. I mean, we all know Taco Bell's healthy for you. Yes. Taco Bell's great for you. Find a new angle. And their ground beef is not a quality meat. Is is a quality meat, not a quality. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a, a meat say which quality. It's, it's some kind of a it's some kind of a uh, organic f- flesh. Yes. Compound. They, they've been making f- fake meat for years. Fooling us. That's like a Jay Leno take. <laughs> uh, you, guys, you guys read about this? Hey. Well, <laughs> let's talk about clowns. Scary clowns. You are guys. you chlorophobic? No, not at all. I don't really have just racist. Yeah, I, I have been <laughs> I have been interested in in looking at old TV from the fifties. Like clowns were breakfast cereal mascots. Yeah, yeah, and everyone stuff. loved a clown. Yeah, back they then. fucking loved them. Clown and it art seems and very strange to me because they they do seem like scary, like inherently not like a thing that children would like. Well, it's someone who has painted themselves to convey an emotion that they might not be experiencing underneath. Right. And duplicitous. They can't be trusted and they're disgusting and but, they're a danger to society. And I mean, that kind of is the take. general take is, it seems like people are like, fuck clowns, clowns are scary. So it's not super surprising, but it is interesting to me that they're still so salient that It Chapter 2 was uh, set the record for biggest September opening and biggest horror movie opening outpaced only by It Chapter 1. Uh, and then also the Venice Film Festival gave out its awards at the end of the festival and the Golden Lion, uh, which has been given to movies like uh, Rashomon, Brokeback Mountain, and Roma, went to the Joker movie, Joker, which is pretty huh. wild. It's pretty big departure for a comic book movie to get the award, um, even though this is apparently less comic book movie than like Taxi Driver-influenced character study. But... Clowns are still a powerful symbol, apparently. <laughs> I don't know why. Is it because there's like a generation of us who absolutely did not like clowns? Like, I feel like baby boomers, like my dad, I've seen like photos of like his room as a kid and there was like clown shit. Yeah. Or like, I remember my grandparents' house, they would have some clown shit up. And I'm like, this is fucking weird. Yeah. No, my grandma collected clowns. Right. And then yeah. like, Maybe maybe then our parents weren't so into the clowns, and then now we're like full on like, yo, clowns are fucked up and weird. Yeah, like I don't know if it's is it is it a, the passage of time? Is it just purely because we or or maybe we're introduced to more examples of clowns being like possibly weird with like John Wayne Gacy art or like right. other shit? Yeah, it it does seem like a it's tapping into maybe something. Like, it's just such a break from the past, like how I inherently respond to a clown versus how, like, my grandmother collected them and thought they were, like, cute. Like little ceramic clown Maybe I'm in the minority. I find clowns neither scary nor entertaining. Right. I I just find them kind of there. All right. It's not just Yeah, I'm ambivalent. I don't necessarily, like, get upset at the clown, but I'm also, like, I'm like, okay, fine. But I do know, I've known people who are, like, cholerophobic. Right. And I fucked up around them. Because I didn't take it seriously, right? Till you and make someone cry, yeah. Uh, because you show them like a wild montage with clowns uh, cut into it unexpectedly, mm. uh, and you know I'm sorry. You got a jump scare from a from did clowns? I did from a yeah. coworker, uh, and I had to apologize and didn't realize what had happened. Wow. Uh, but like in a way, to me, I didn't take it seriously. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're doing that thing where like culturally you right. hate clowns, right. and I was like, oh no, you have a full on phobia. Yeah. Take people's phobia seriously. <laughs> I, I yeah, well, it was, you know, it was oh. earlier times. No, I, I've done that too. I once uh, I had a friend in college who was had a like visceral reaction to the word cotton balls, and uh, I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah right. right," and said mm-hmm. it like a bunch of times, and she was like, "Like really, it really fucked her up." 
Um, <laughs> anyways. We're just called Two Horrible People. Yes. We now host a podcast. But it it's still, like, why is the Joker... <laughs> the character that has brought out like some of the best performances in film, like of the, it, it's just interesting to me that like a clown bad guy would be the, the character that draws these, you know, iconic performances mm. out when that as a cultural uh, symbol has become sort of irrelevant or maybe it's just been co-opted. By I don't know. It. Symbolically, I think it really sums up, like the waning influence of like white men in America. Yeah, I'm and wondering some, if that's like well, culturally just in general too, like a clown, right? Like the most of the time, this character is an impotent man right. who isn't achieving at the rate of the other men around him, right? And then puts on a face mm. to obscure that inner failure, right? And I'm then incel the clown, right. right? And then resorts to again. I talk about this all the time. When you are you feel powerless, the next if you cannot create, then you will destroy. And that's the next way you can feel potent is by saying, well, if I can't build the things I want, I can destroy the things around me with great effectiveness, yeah. which is another thing the Joker does. So I don't know. There's like, you know, there's there's many layers, I think, to yeah. just sort of like what the Shit Joker could be to somebody. Yeah, that was pretty, that was great analysis. Yeah, man. I, was all I, mean, I don't know, y'all. <laughs> I just think it's because they're cute. <laughs> I don't know. His laugh's weird. <laughs> He's got a red nose. Yeah. What? <laughs> but also too, but you know, shout out to clowns though too. I recently saw like a clowning show, like proper mm-hmm. French clowning. That's that's that really is an art form. I think if people got in touch with that style of clowning, we would maybe we would respect our clowns. Baskets was a good show. Baskets is it awesome. is it actually uh, funny the French clowning that you saw? Or is it, it just no? More well, because like well, they all have different emotions. So there are ones. It, it was more impressive to me as performance, like right. what the what the clowns can symbolize and you know the facets of our humanity. Well, shit, man. That sounds pretty weird. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's pretty weird. You should go, man. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Keith, it's been a pleasure having you on the Daily Zeitgeist. Uh, you had me on your show. That's right. Not too long ago. That's right. Uh, you were a guest on Go Fact Yourself. That episode is available now. If people yeah, go to, uh, just came out. Yeah, it just came out on Friday. So uh, it was a lot of fun. Wherever it was you, wherever so you get- fun. You can go to gofactorpod.com or wherever you get podcasts. It was you versus Jenna Friedman, and I'm yeah. not going to say who won, but uh, your topic was Jaws 2, so yes. people uh, should know. Then if your topic, I, then you must have won. I, if, got, I got to meet uh, the writer of Jaws 2, less importantly, also the writer of Jaws, but uh, <laughs> ma- mainly uh, he is the writer of Jaws 2. That's going to be on his tombstone. Did I'm you sure. know that the, you were going to meet the writer? No, I had no idea. I didn't even know. So I had given Jaws 2... Wu Tang Clan albums, like solo albums between sure. Thirty Six Chambers and Wu Tang Forever, and uh, Rocky Four. Rocky Four, <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know which of those it was going to be. Oh right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Uh, and they they wouldn't tell me. I tried really hard. I showed up at Jakey's house, uh, you know. <laughs> Banging on the door at 3 a.m. Right. Yeah. Man, we were having game night, though. We couldn't let him well, in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Reveal the topic, coward! <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then I was that was pretty wild, and it was awesome. You get some insight into uh, questions all of you have always had about Jaws 2. Uh, so... Uh, it, where where else can people find you? Uh, so go factorpod and uh, uh, gofactorpod.com and then on Twitter and Instagram and all that it's uh, at gofactorpod and then I'm at j underscore Keith and I want to say that I, uh, every time I've been here I've mentioned a place that I'm going and they've ended up meeting uh, oh, nice. Viking people there yeah. so first time I uh, I met people in Charlotte which was awesome and then last time I was here I mentioned I was going to Sydney I ended up oh, meeting yeah. with a couple of people at a bar in Sydney which nice. was really cool I wish I had I don't have a, uh, my next upcoming trip is Brazil but not until November ah, so, okay. Right. So we have time for all the people in South Brazilian Paulo. Brazilian Zeitgang. I mean, so, yeah, yeah, the Paulistas come yeah. out. Hit yes. us up. Uh, but no, but up. It was, it's, it's really fun. And it's nice. You know, I love meeting people when I travel and I'm, I'm often traveling solo. So it's really, uh, really cool to do that. And we just did a couple live shows of Go Fact Yourself in Chicago. Um, and uh, one of the people who showed up was wearing a Zeitgeist, Daily nice. Zeitgeist uh, t-shirt. Yeah. So See that? it's Zeitgang nice to- uh, out here, man. Now, I appreciate it very much. It's always- As you say, when you're here, you're family. You do say that. Can I get some yeah. more breadsticks? Yes. <laughs> One moment. Also, <laughs> hospitality. Is there uh, is there a tweet you've been enjoying by any chance? Uh, I was well. I love Daniel Dale's uh, tweets. Uh, following him fact check uh, the president and he had one uh, that was just so it, again every once in a while you just realize how crazy crazy it is so okay so apparently Trump tweeted this thing about Mark Sanford now is going to run in the yep, you know, Trump right. primary and all that and he, he he made a reference to 
Mark Sanford, how he was found in Argentina with his flaming dancer friend. And I was, and <laughs> right. I couldn't figure out what flaming dancer was. And Daniel Dill says, by flaming dancer, the president means flamingo dancer, though it's flamenco, though there's no evidence the woman in question, a former journalist, has ever been a flamenco dancer. Right. So I just love how, yeah. how Cold Stone accurate and journalistic he is, and yet also pointing out all this absurdity. <laughs> and he'll point out like just different things that Trump says that indicates this is about to be a lie. This is the 36th time he said this. So Daniel Dale, it's, it's at D. Dale eight. Uh, he was at the Toronto Star. Now he's at uh, CNN. It's just a great follow. Just like just sober and matter of fact, and also just makes you realize how crazy th- all this is. And but also makes you feel a little more sane for for somebody fact checking it and, and realizing, okay, I'm not crazy for seeing that this right. is crazy. Yeah, right. it's always nice to have that voice. Miles, where can people find you? Um, just a funny thing about Mark Sanford. I remember when he was. Uh, I think when he was having to resign from being governor of South Carolina, there was some affair thing going on Yeah, yeah, yeah. where he referred to some, I think it was his basement or a friend's basement he was hiding out in as Jurassic Park. And oh, like, really? Yeah, and we'd call it Jurassic Park. It was just like, he said it really out of nowhere and people were like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like you're talking about, you've been laying low from the press because you've been in fucking Jurassic Park, which is someone's basement. Anyway. By the way, my uh, my date for tonight just canceled. After oh, oh son of a bitch. <laughs> Well, then we could go to Los Feliz. Let's meet up at Alcove. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what any of that means. Oh, Miles, man, where can people, uh, I, like, I don't know. Alcove's a great is. date Alcove's spot. Cool. Huge garden, big portions. Bakery. Bakery. Bar. Man, a slice of cake there will set your blood sugar back a few whatever things you can set your blood sugar mm. back. Uh, for me, yes, Miles of Gray on Twitter and Instagram. A tweet that I'm liking is from Michael Tannenbaum at I am Tannenbaum. Uh, this says every mind hunter episode holden did you kill her killer nope holden we heard your dick game was weak sauce killer <laughs> i killed her and ate her arm for breakfast yeah, <laughs> yeah. that dragnet technique still works today. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah man it's a uh, slight variation couple tweets i've been enjoying uh big idiot at www tweeted <laughs> Vibing so hard to imagine dragons radioactive, I take a corner going too fast in my 1998 PT Cruiser and roll my car, instantly killing my wife and children. <laughs> I don't know why that made me it's laugh evil. out loud. <laughs> uh, because it's so vivid and somehow you don't have empathy for this right. character. Right. You're just also, like, yeah, you would fucking roll your fucking car. And also, like, that's probably happened. Like, we don't know what causes fatal car accidents like maybe yeah. maybe someone was vibing he vibes too hard too hard to radioactive mm. and maybe like a song that was just too lit like came out the day before and that's why uh, fatal car accidents spiked we don't know we don't know uh, and Alien Skier tweeted sorry I can't go to the party anymore I was abnormally optimistic at the time uh, and that is how I feel most of the time uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, Footnote. where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on. What's that going to be today? The track we're going to ride out on uh, is from J Rob, J.R-O-B-B. It's called Dance With Me, one word. I don't know if this is on other platforms it's on soundcloud uh because this is you know more uh sort of dilla-y uh you know sample based hip-hop beat um just to kind of like it's tuesday you know we're just warming up still mm. so just let's loosen our necks and our backs and our shoulders with some head nod music some headphone music and then you know we'll start to turn it up as the days go on all right the daily zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows that's going to do it for today we will be back tomorrow because it is a daily podcast and we'll talk to you then bye Me in the middle of the boss of the air is sick.